In this podcast, Pamela Barty, a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and developer of a $100 million real estate empire, will share her inspiring underdog comeback story. And along with those of her guests, she'll share how you too, as an underdog, can rise up and succeed against all odds. Here's your host, Pamela Barty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me. Eric Simon, the broke agent. How are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. It is an honor. <laughs> it is such a pleasure to have you here. And I know when we connected, I was like, man, your content cracks me up on the daily. Being in real estate, you know, and you just, especially when you have a hard day and you just look at that and you just die laughing. Like it's just the greatest. So thank you for bringing the light into this world and creating that content and empowering a lot of people out there. Thank you so much for that. Of course, that's what I'm trying to do. And also trying to build a business. It's not selfless by any means. I'm <laughs> making money on this, but yes, that's great. Of course, of course. So I always start off, Eric, with the most loaded question known to man, pretty much, you know, okay. which is what inspired you on your journey to where you are today? So my real estate journey inspired me to create the broke agent because I was failing miserably at being a real estate agent. I hated it. So basically it came out of hate <laughs> and spite and pain and suffering of being a agent that was making no money, doing no deals, failing to get listing appointments, failing at cold calling and door knocking, hating open houses, and also, you know, not getting along, not not getting along, but you know, almost being jealous of agents within the industry as well. So I guess it kind of came from a dark place. It's not, not a very inspiring story, but you know, I sat dead open houses every week. I cold called, I door knocked to no success whatsoever. And that kind of inspired me to create content as a struggling real estate agent and cover the inner monologue of what agents are thinking. And, you know, it blew up pretty quickly because I've always had, you know, I've always been like funny within conversation and I've always been good on social media. So I think that combination is what really made it explode, which is great. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we're going to reel your story back a little bit. Okay. What did you want to be when you grew up? A baseball player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess like my childhood dream was to be a baseball player, but you know, my growth spurt didn't really hit until uh, high school. So I couldn't get the ball out of the infield. I was a contact hitter. So then I, you know, was a golfer and tennis player, but you know, sports, you know, that dream faded relatively quickly. And then went to college and had no idea what I wanted to do. Even until the last like three years, really had no idea what I wanted to do. I knew that there had to be something involving comedy, not like stand up, but from a writing perspective, because that's what I've always enjoyed the most. That's awesome. So you found a way to culminate your passion. Oh, yes. man. So sports fun. and sports and comedy. Exactly. That's Except exactly. it's real estate. <laughs> <laughs> so what lured you into the real estate space? It was completely by chance. So out of college, my first job was working at the Laugh Factory Comedy Club. And I wasn't doing stand up or anything. I was in their marketing department doing their social media, basically, and trying to get six shows, which were shows that weren't getting lots of tickets sold, like on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights. My goal was to come up with like a social media campaign to get more people to that show. But our budget was basically non-existent. I was getting really frustrated with the amount I was getting paid and the amount of work I was putting into it. So I quit that 
and then was making vines. Remember vines, like that six second video app, trying to like get vine famous basically and had like no followers. And then um, a girl that I knew from college worked at a brokerage called Hilton and Highland in Beverly Hills. And it was like, Hey, I see that you're, you know, on the internet, just posting dumb ass videos all day. Like you clearly need a job. I was like, yeah, I do actually. And she hired me or the brokerage hired me to be just a temporary receptionist. So I was taking in, you know, all the calls and basically became like a third or fourth assistant to the main guy there, Jeff Highland, and was walking around the office. Like it was a very, not stuck up isn't the right word, but it's a luxurious boutique brokerage. So yeah. everything, all the clientele and everybody you're dealing with was really like high end. And I had no idea what I was doing. I knew nothing about real estate. So that's what I did to get into the real estate industry is I was just a receptionist for like three or four months and then got hired as an assistant. Mm. So you got hired as an assistant. So you were doing like the open houses, doing all these yeah. things. Oh man. So with the assistant job, so I still like, wasn't even really planning on getting my real estate license, but I really liked the people in the office and I saw how much money everybody was making. And I liked all their charismatic personalities. And I just, I liked being there and I really liked that office. So I, I did everything I could to like stay the receptionist, even though I was like the worst receptionist probably of all time. Like I had no inflection in my voice when I would pick up the calls. I got nervous anytime someone called, which was 50 million times a day. But then I got hired as an assistant and was basically writing property descriptions. I would go to inspections, sometimes do showings, and was kind of like learning from a top agent there. That's amazing. And you went on to get your real estate license past that point, right? Yeah, yeah. I failed the test and then passed the test because I figured like eventually I've been doing this for a couple of years now. I thought I'm like, okay, am I actually going to become a real estate agent? Like, am I going to become a member of this guy's team and maybe be a buyer's agent? So I did get my license and then did eventually go to a team where I was a buyer's agent right after that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you put in that sweat equity in the beginning which is yep. obviously the most painful part because this is the part of real estate that nobody tells you about. It's building your book of business within the first, I don't know, three to four years. Yeah, it's near <laughs> impossible. You know? And it was cool to see the business from multiple perspectives too. So from seeing it from like a staff and admin perspective and just like, hey, I work in the office and I deal with agents and not being an agent, you deal with like a lot of shit, obviously, because agents are crazy. And they're constantly yelling at all the staff and they're yelling at marketing and they want their brochure right away or, you know, their mail didn't come in. I don't know. There was just like so many problems that came up and then seeing it from an assistant, a buyer's agent, and then an agent myself, I think is what helped my ability to produce so much content is because I've seen it from all perspectives. <laughs> That's super awesome. So after you got your real estate license, did you just continue on to build that book of business as well? Well, I wouldn't say there was a book of business ever. There was no business going on. There was an attempt to build a book of business. So that's where the cold calling and door knocking came in. Um, so, you know, I was 24, 25. So my friends in LA, they weren't buying houses or condos or anything yet. And all my family was in Arizona and your first couple of deals usually come from your immediate sphere. Right. So I was cold calling expired listings and I hated cold calling and I sucked at it. And I would pray that people wouldn't pick up the phone. And I would pray that people wouldn't answer the door when I would go door knocking. Mm -hmm. So when you're fighting against yourself, you're not going to be very successful with it. But, you know, open houses was another source of lead generation, I guess. But mostly I would, you know, get like handoff rental leads from my bosses, basically. Gotcha. And, and so you were in L.A., yeah, yeah, still am. Still am. Mm -hmm. Oh man. So, what was that experience like? Like, <laughs> what were some of your most hilarious moments throughout 
being like an assistant at any, any point in your career with, with that? I mean, I've had so many just dumb moments that you kind of need to learn from your mistakes, but I basically ruined a listing for my first boss because I came into the open house and it was staged and I bent down to tie my shoe and put my water bottle on like a piece of wood, like a cabinet. But I guess it was really hot that day and the seller was still there monitoring everything I was doing and thought that that I created like a condensation ring on the piece of wood. And she immediately called my boss and said, I never want to see that idiot here again, basically. And then he eventually like let go of the listing. So that was really embarrassing. And then I've, you know, struggled to open, you know, lock boxes and doors in front of investors and just made a million dumb mistakes, you know, within conversation, just not knowing what I'm talking about. (laughs) Has there been any experiences that you can remember offhand, like with, aside from what you just mentioned, like any situations that maybe you saw as an assistant, like something that was happening in the office and and things like that? Well, there was a instant when I was sitting an open house, it was a short sale and we had this seller that was a psychopath. And it was my partner, Wes Pinkston and I at the time, and we went early because every single time we'd sit in an open house, the entire house like reeked of weed. So we had to make sure to like go and open up all the windows and everything. And this guy would literally like lurk during all the showings and would just like weasel his way around. He was like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. And it looked like him too, actually. And I went up to the room to like clean up his bedroom, basically. And there was a shotgun sitting on his bed. And it was his like gun. And I was like, dude, you got to get this thing out of here. We have, we're about to show people this house. And my partner and I went downstairs, figured he was putting it away. And he's like, hey boys. And then he's standing up top of the stairs and he's pointing like the shotgun at us and like fakes like he's shooting basically and like makes a bang, bang noise. And we like dove behind these pillars. It was not funny at all. I mean, I guess kind of funny, but also not funny, mostly scary. And then Wes and I looked at each other and we're like, we're not going to this house ever again. <laughs> like we're done. We have another agent sit these open houses. But yeah, there's a lot of just crazy moments like that where, you know, you're dealing with people's emotions and, you know, seeing people's houses, you know, this is where they live. So you're dealing with tenants, you're dealing with crazy sellers, crazy buyers. So it produces a lot of content. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I feel like your content is literally endless and it's hilarious and it's from so many different perspectives which is what makes it so unique like on instagram like i explained like i literally just like die laughing all the time because you know i'm i'm also a developer i'm also an agent so i've seen kind of all these different perspectives and it's just hysterical so i was always interested in you know what experiences has eric had that <laughs> sparked these moments right like yeah. Like what were some of your like top posts on, on Instagram that really just like made you go viral or blow up if you will? Cause I know it's been a constant thing for you, but that would be hilarious. Cause it's so tied into these experiences. Yeah. I think the, the best posts are the ones that you're just kind of thinking in your head. That's not really the craziest experience, but just like a slight anxiety. So a lot of ones that I do are, you know, when the inspector is giving his report And it's basically someone's face just making a confused face and the agent has no idea what they're talking about, but you have to like act in front of your client as if you know, you know, all these, you know, intricate things about the house that the inspector is relaying to you. And I think those ones always do the best because it's really covering the anxiety and just like, you know, fear that agents have because our whole entire goal is to, you know, show people that we're more knowledgeable than them and that we are facilitating this transaction because we know what the hell we're talking about. And most agents are great agents and do know what they're talking about. But there's a lot of stuff that you don't know because you don't have the experience or you're not familiar with that, whatever, you know, thing that comes up in the inspection, some sort of mold issue that you've never heard of or creosote, something like that. So 
I think those ones do the best. Like what helped me grow initially was getting reposted by major accounts. So I did like a meme about Ryan Serhant, the million dollar listing star. You know, the show Doug? Yes. Who's the green guy? Not Skeeter. Forgot his name. I blank. It's on the tip of my tongue, but basically it was a meme of him, like talking to a girl. And I was like, this is Ryan Serhant talking to your girl at a real estate conference, which isn't even that funny, but he reposted it. And then I got a bunch of followers and then it kind of became like a wave from that. So that piece of content did well, but also like, you know, real estate coach content, anytime you make fun of Zillow or anytime you just talk about like the failures of an agent or a buyer losing out on a bunch of deals or a buyer becoming a renter. And you thought you had this big commission check. And then all of a sudden you're showing someone two month rentals and you're going to get like 20 bucks and you've been working with them for two years. So there's just a lot of things like that, that pop up that make great content. So the more failures that happen to me, the better for content. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. So, you know, you basically turned this into a business. So you just started this Instagram, you just kind of flow with it. You know, a lot of people probably look at you now. They're like, Oh my God, Eric, man, he's the man. Look, you got all these followers. (laughs) And we all know, like, it was not, you know, the real entrepreneurs know it's a struggle. Starting a business is a struggle, especially a digital brand, right? And now you're building a media brand around the broke agent. So outside of just Instagram account. And now you're working on this full time, which is basically like a dream, right? And you, yes. you stepped into it kind of by accident, which is the most perfect thing. You know, who knew real estate could have gotten you to this content situation, right? Yes. This whole trajectory for you. So what was it like building it from the ground up? Because I know it's been years and everything. Everyone sees the surface now, like Eric's the man, but, but <laughs> what did it take to really build that brand? Yeah. It's been six years of doing this every single day and spending way more time on it at the beginning than I should have. Now I spend, you know, every second of every day doing it, including weekends, but it was really hard when I was trying to build a real estate business and do real estate by how much time should I spend on the broke agent? Like, should I be posting 10 times a day? Should I be writing blogs? Should I be focusing more on Twitter, on Facebook? So it was really a slow, not like a, like it became successful quickly in the sense that it got a lot of attention because Mm -hmm. I don't think there was too much out in real estate like that yet. There was lighter side of real estate, which is, you know, kind of memes and e-cards and stuff, a Facebook group. But Instagram, especially in real estate in 2014, 15 was not too prevalent. Like most agents are, you know, 55 years and older. So their adoption to new technologies, like, you know, they're just picking up TikTok now. It takes a while. There's like an ageification process that kind of happens with it. So I picked up like a lot of the young crowd at first, which was really cool. Just to get the name, the broke agent out there, my partner Wes and I, or my former partner at the time, we would post, you know, two or three times a day. So anything that would pop in our head, it was, it first started off as just tweets, like the inner monologue of like, Hey, there's no one come to my open house or Hey, this asshole agent just walked in or Hey, no one signed into my open house. It was, it was kind of like dark humor, but it was just text-based. And then once we started doing text conversations and memes and videos and like, you know, as Instagram became like a video platform too, you can start putting in new, you know, types of content. But I would go in real estate Facebook groups and post all my content, you know, to get my name out there. We spoke at a bunch of conferences. I went on every podcast. I would comment on every single real estate page, like 50 times a day. I would go on like Inman News. I would go on Tom Ferry, Ryan Serhant, anybody that had a larger following than I had that was in the industry. I would spend all day either liking photos of their followers or following their followers or interacting with their followers, just anything where they would see the broke agent name and then hopefully come to the profile and follow it. And then it was building the Facebook and then building the Twitter. 
And then also we tried YouTube videos. I have like a real estate rap video that is awful. that should be wiped from the internet. And I have basically just trying everything being like, okay, is this going to be a YouTube? Is this going to be a blog? And then I would write blogs every single week. And those got a lot of traction, but I found that posting a meme, you know, a clear to close meme would get, you know, a hundred shares in a blog would get two shares in a blog would take me 10 hours. <laughs> so, you know, I kind of find like where to, you know, allocate my time better. But yeah, there was no really direction as to, okay, how am I going to monetize this? Right. Am I going to just sell t-shirts? Like I kind of thought that was the goal. Like I'm just going to, you know, sell what a million dollars worth of, you know, key shirts, stupid idea. But I thought that like, if I capture, you know, 10% of the real estate audience and 10% of those people buy a certain amount of like merchandise, I could become like a merchandise company. Mm. There's a lot of different ways at the beginning and failures too. Is it an animation series? I raised money for a Kickstarter to have like a funny, you know, one minute animation series. It was $7,000 I raised for one minute of animation. And then that was it. So wow. there's been a lot of like trials of does this work? That's awesome. Well, that's, that's what it is, right? Entrepreneurship. You're doing all these things. You're constantly trying and you're seeing does this work? Does this not work? And it's right. time. Oh my gosh. Does it take time? And you said yeah. you've been this for six years. And this is posting content every day, coming up with content every day. And now it's, you know, great that I'm getting submissions and I have Facebook groups where I could, you know, farm content from, and I have like, you know, people that don't necessarily work for the broke agent, but are like, you know, affiliates or like brand ambassador types that are always sending me content and coming up with content too. But it was trying out different content to see what works on each platform. And then you just have to do it every single day, like, you know, three or four times a day, just because I didn't want to lose any sort of growth or momentum that I had. Even if I wasn't making money on it at the beginning, I knew that if I kept building this audience, if I had an audience of, you know, now it's over 500,000 realtors across all platforms, there's money in that somehow. I don't know what it is yet. But right. then a flip switch recently where it's like, oh, I could actually help these agents too, because I know what I'm talking about with social media and I could, you know, set them up with people or brands or whatever the case may be. That's actually going to help improve their real estate business. Before it was just focused on making them laugh. And now like mm -hmm. the goal is to help improve their real estate business and make them laugh. That's awesome. That's awesome. So how did you figure out that strategy? I guess you could start with a few of your biggest lessons, not failures, as I like to say. Yeah. What were some of your biggest lessons in, in building the business? And also, you know, how did you create that, that strategy that, that worked for you? I think the switch, you know, flipped when I created an ebook, an Instagram growth ebook, where I found out that so many realtors aren't great at social media or don't have the time to focus on growing their social media, but they know it's such a useful tool to improve their business and build their brand. So I wrote a, you know, Instagram ebook that was funny. It was like 50 pages and it was about all the engagement tactics that I use to grow my brand and grow mm -hmm. my Instagram account. And it got, you know, thousands of downloads very quickly. And that was kind of proof of concept for me. But I was like, oh, here's what I can do. I could actually help realtors with social media, but I don't want to be like a cringe social media guru guy that's like teaching hashtag strategy. Like that's my nightmare is to do something <laughs> like that. But then, you know, a lot of brands were reaching out to me to do kind of influencer marketing, whether it's a CRM like Boomtown or a photography service or QuickBooks, which is a tax thing, tax service. And then Haley Ingram from Coffee and Contracts, which is a template platform, she reached out to me and said, you know, I'd love for you to help promote our brand. And I said, oh, why don't I make content for your brand? 
which is funny social media templates that are also educational. It's infographics, it's memes, it's gifts for agents could, that could brand and customize because a lot of agents like posting my content, but they don't want to share it with the broke agent watermark on it because it makes them look stupid in front of their clients. The clients are like, why are you sharing something that says the broke agent on it? I want to get shares. So it doesn't make you look stupid. I'm not trying to <laughs> undercut my entire business here, but the humor is, you know, agent to agent humor. I kind of transitioned the humor for the templates where it's agent to client humor that isn't necessarily grievances about their clients, but just about the industry. And then this template platform is like a monthly thing. And this completely blew up my business in a good way. And this is like the focus now is how do I create more content for this that agents can share and improve their business? That's fantastic. What an interesting model. So it turned into the kind of like a membership model. Yeah, it's a monthly membership. And I only create 30 to 50 pieces of content with a month, which is a lot, but like, that's all the funny content, but you get a million other pieces of content. You get email highlights, you get Instagram covers, you get an actual content calendar that's produced by Haley and her team. So you get other, you know, you're just listed, you're just sold, other educational infographics. So it's like an entire content shop for agents where you could just put your branding on it and post it to Instagram. They have reels, ideas, captions, everything. It's, it's a great service. That's sick. That's sick. I love that. I love that. Well, yeah, because especially the fact that you're doing like a turnkey social media operation is really huge, especially for the older agents as well Mm -hmm. that just like, don't get it. And they're just like, please just, just create it. Or too busy. Yeah. Right. Or too busy. Right. Create it and just post. Exactly. You can schedule, (laughs) you can schedule everything for a month. Yeah. And it has, you know, like in each month is specified for what's happening, obviously. So, you know, around November, it's Thanksgiving content, it's winter content around, you know, the holidays or around, you know, August, I have like a bunch of Olympic gifts, I have back to school content, I have summer market and seller's market content. So everything's very like hyper relevant, which is cool, too. Because, you know, agents don't have the time, successful agents don't really have the time to plan their entire social media calendar every day like I do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. What's some of your biggest tips in terms of like social media and how to create viral content, like things like that? What would be your biggest tips? On Instagram specifically, video, vertical video is the most important thing right now. So Instagram just recently changed its algorithm where they're going to be promoting reels more than they already were, because in order to compete with TikTok, they uh, are going to be pushing reels in vertical video. So if you're not doing video, your content's not going to be shadow banned necessarily, but it's not going to be promoted in the algorithm as much. Mm-hmm. So you have to do vertical video. And I guess my main tip for agents that don't really know what to do or what to shoot yet is just consume a bunch of content from other agents. You could go to this, this agent, Taya DiCarlo or Gwenda Baker. You could look at this uh, real estate coach, Jason Pantana, my friend, Matt Leonetti, who I have the podcast with those really funny reels. And they have tons of ideas on how to shoot your content. And how to post it, what hashtags to use, when to post it, how to use Instagram cover photos. You just really have to like switch your entire strategy to video right now. But also like community engagement is extremely important too. So if you're trying to grow your Instagram, you should be commenting back to everybody that comments on your photos and you should be commenting on other industry related accounts to get your name out there. So if you're not posting or you don't know what to post, you could gain a ton of followers commenting on accounts with bigger audiences than you. That's how I have grown a lot is I'll go on like Tank Sinatra or all these other meme pages, stupid resumes, attorney problems, corporate bro kind of industry adjacent accounts and leave a funny comment that'll get a lot of likes. Then they go to my page, check it out and then follow. Ah, 
Wow, that's an interesting tactic. That's super, super cool. I mean, social media is more relevant now more than ever, I feel like. I feel like if, if you don't have an active social media, you're basically dead. Like you don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> at all <laughs> like especially in real estate like what are you actually doing like i yeah. have a whole social media team just to post all my stuff constantly because i'm like i just can't keep up with it you know it's, yeah. it's too much to do all at once and you know and then there's all these things coming out now all the time but what i'm seeing and as a central theme across all social media platforms is this video is becoming number one like authenticity is being screamed at more than ever now. Like even yeah. LinkedIn, you you can now you can upload a video. So when someone goes on your LinkedIn page and like that will pop up first, then it's like holy crap. That's especially powerful. yeah, especially for agents because you want to work with an agent who you feel like you know already, right? So your social media is a good way. It's like your digital business card. I've heard so many people say that. I can't believe I just <laughs> copied <laughs> everybody that's ever said that before. But showing your losses as well as your wins is important too. So I think just posting just listed, just sold and escrow and all your success and motivational quotes and, you know, you in a business suit and at a sick listing, that shit doesn't really play anymore. Like it's good to show your success as like, you know, validation as to, Hey, look, I am a successful agent, but if you're not showing your personal interests and hobbies and like your actual personality, I think that you're going to kind of fall into, you know, a pool of agents that people aren't that interested in working with. And, you know, if I'm a client, I'm looking between two agent accounts and one is personable and say they like the Yankees and I like the Yankees and they're showing all this, you know, funny stuff about their family or bad stuff that happens to them in real estate as well. I'm way more interested in working with that person than someone that's just posting, you know, pictures of their open house sign every day. Right. Amen. Right. All of the authenticity and like this, this is a real person. You know, and the best way you can build rapport with people is basically to share the same interests. Yes, exactly. Which is awesome. That is awesome, Eric. So like in your world, right? What would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? I would tell myself to focus on what I know that I'm good at. You know, that's a very kind of simple, <laughs> simple answer. But I think that, you know, having my foot in real estate and also in the broke agent for four or five years kind of hindered my growth or at least stunted it a little bit or mm -hmm. slowed it down because I think it was necessary to get the content and get the experience, but I never went all in with the broke agent until recently. So I was always kind of half-assing both. I was like a part-time agent, part-time broke agent, you know, like sometimes I'm showing houses and doing contracts and other times I'm posting, but now I've gone like full focus, like I'm really good at this. I know I could produce this content and I know people are enjoying this. And I know there's something there. If I would have done that four or five years ago, I feel like I could be on a different level right now. I feel like I could, you know, I've had the podcast three years ago, the template platform three years ago, and really be building upon that business. So I would tell myself, like, I knew I wasn't going to be a real estate agent in 10 years. You know, I just, it's not something I ever really wanted to do. So I would tell myself like to just, you know, trust what I knew I was good at. I love it because yeah, you mentioned a few times that in college, like you didn't know what you wanted to do and you were kind of just doing your thing and trying to figure it all out. So, you yeah. know, when, when did you know that this was your purpose that you're like, this is my jam? I don't, I still don't know if, if this is necessarily it. Like I know that I'm good at social media and I'm good at creating funny content. I don't know if there's a limit to, to real estate content. Like I want to build this into a, like kind of the barstool sports of real estate where I have different creators. I have different podcasts. It's an entire media company and people come to the broke agent to laugh, but also get their education. I don't know if my not lack of interest in real estate, but I need to be more intertwined 
in real estate. I need to know more what's going on to be as good as possible at this. I know everything about sports, right? So I could talk for days about that. But when it comes to real estate, sometimes I don't even know what to talk about besides producing real estate content. You did mention it, that it's, you felt that you knew that you were good at it. And that's a big thing. Yeah. Which is awesome. So what's going on in your world in the next six to 12 months? Where's Broke Agent heading? Where are you heading? What, what are the new goals? So we have a podcast, the Over Ass podcast with Matt Leonetti, who is in Canada with the agency. He's a hilarious agent that posts hilarious reels. He kind of, you know, adapts. I mean, he comes up with his own content, of course, but a lot of my memes that I post he's acting out and creating his own content through that, which is really funny to see. I've always envisioned myself doing that sometimes, but he's way better on camera. I've got a camera crew and crushes. He produces his own content. I'm not trying to say he takes my memes. I just mean like picture my content, but in longer form and someone like actually acting out those scenarios. So the podcast is doing really well. We're getting, you know, industry, you know, heavy hitters on it every single week, real estate coaches, entrepreneurs, top agents, you know, Ryan Serhant, Maya Vander, reality TV stars, which is really cool. So the goal of that is to, you know, be like a raw podcast, a funny podcast that agents can actually listen to, to and from showings and get information about social media. And then also just hear two like normal realtors talk that aren't preachy or saying how good they are at real estate, basically, but just asking, you know, dumbass questions to smarter people than they are. So that's one thing I'm doing. And then the goal, you know, six months from now is we're working on a course that is like real estate for dummies, basically, but not like a book. It's like a video course of, you know, how not to look like an idiot your first five years in real estate, because the real estate education we get right now is abysmal. All you learn is how many square footage or how many acre, how many square feet are in an acre. See, I don't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> or how many sections are in a standard township. You just learn these completely useless facts that never even get brought up in real estate. You don't know the intricacies of what happens at a negotiation. You don't know what you should do when you see your first open house. Most agents get thrown into situations and they just kind of have to learn from it. So the course is funny where it shows all the funny scenarios and awkward scenarios that happen with commentary from smarter agents than me. I teach the social media section and, you know, that'll be coming out soon. I think that'll be good. That'll be cool. And then also just, you know, more podcasting, more video content, blogging, and, you know, continuing to expand the template platform, adding more people. I want, I want more people producing content. I want, it, it can't just keep coming from my head anymore. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. I mean, honestly, the, <laughs> I love that you're infusing education into this as well, because yes, it is abysmal. The real estate education, I'm like, why do I have to calculate the taxes? You know, I remember right. my real estate exam. I'm like, um, that's what the assessor's for. Right. Like, it, I have never once in my career seen, and I have a nine figure real estate career. Okay. And I've never once calculated taxes for clients. Yeah. Completely like, useless. Like go to the town's assessor or the city assessor they'll tell mm -hmm. you what the tax rate is you can go online like why are we learning this and it's all this legal stuff that doesn't work so i'm so happy that you're basically building this course to have real practical knowledge so people can actually add you know you can add value as well as make them laugh which i think is the coolest thing ever it's a funny course so there's a lot of hilarious like videos throughout it and it's written in a funny way too so it's not going to be someone teaching you how to sell more real estate. It's, you know, 87% of agents fail in their first five years. And why is that? It's because they don't know what the hell they're doing. When you right. don't know what you're doing, you don't want to do it. <laughs> like, that's why I didn't want to do focus on real estate because I felt like I didn't know what the hell I was doing the entire time. Right. And that's my fault for not teaching myself and like getting that experience. But it would be nice to have an agent with me that was, you know, at open houses saying, oh, if someone says this, 
you know, this is where you could direct the conversation. Or if someone doesn't want to sign in, here's how you could get them to sign in. Mm. You know, or if you're at a showing and they ask you a question you don't know about, here's what you should say as an answer instead of just looking like an idiot. Or like, here are the questions that you're probably going to get at a showing. You know, how many square feet? What year was it built? What type of floors? Was there any work done? When you're just showing places and you don't know these things before you show them, you have no idea what's going to be asked and you're just going to look like a moron. Absolutely. No, I'm so glad you're putting together an actual practical course of things that actually exist in the in the field and not just some test that makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, Eric, you got to let everyone know where to find you and your awesomeness, my friend. At The Broke Agent on everything. Thebrokeagent.com for the landing page, over podcast thebrokeagentstore.com, bad real estate picks <laughs> account. Every, that's your go-to? Yeah, bad real estate picks, the broke, the broke news network. Broke, broke everything. I love yep. it. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, Eric, thank you so much for being here today. I loved your story. Thank you so much for sharing all of it. You are amazing, my friend. I can't wait to see where this goes in the future. You will definitely be one of the biggest media brands out there. I can see it. It's already brewing and I'm pumped for it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day with Pamela herself in Boston, Massachusetts. Be sure to go to theunderdogshow.com and pick up a copy of Pamela's free gift. And join us on the next episode.